0: Start On
1: On Demand.
2: Police in Ottawa began arresting protesters on Thursday. We checked in with Global's Mike Armstrong to find out where things were at as of Friday morning. As restrictions ease, will more Manitobans return to the gym? We did something a little bit different today with one of our contests. We had tickets to give away for the Foo Fighters, but we didn't give them away, at least not today. And one of the movies out this weekend, which the Couch Potatoes discussed today on the start, is Uncharted, featuring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, rather unique on-screen duo. So that got us talking about your favorite on-screen duos. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who is off today. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. This is the Friday, February 18th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry, McNab is off today and I think it was around 10:30. Yesterday morning when I got the notification from Environment Canada, I got a series of notifications and I thought, are, are you kidding me? Again? Another blizzard warning. Uh.
1: Happy Groundhog Day, Brett. <laughs> it really? It really is. Over and over and over again. Like, how many different ways can we describe what's going on? How many different ways can we discuss our disgust with the weather? And Hey. I know it's Winnipeg. I know it's Manitoba. We're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to be used to these things, but this is starting to feel relentless
3: now.
2: Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, uh, you know, I know all the groundhogs called for more winter. And uh, we played the clip from the movie. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life. But, uh, and I I know it's Manitoba. I know it's winter. But this just seems like like we're... We're in the corner and Yvonne Drago is just hammering us <laughs> with with a with an uppercut, straight right flurry week after week. And and like two Fridays in a row. But I can tell you so far, I'm not seeing any cancellations. I'm looking at our newsroom email. We okay. have nothing coming in yet. And I then we all it's funny when we get uh voicemails in the newsroom, it gets turned into an email and so i don't see any voicemails that have come in here yet so but we're keeping an eye on that if anything gets canceled and we often get uh, tips from our listeners like uh craig when usually that we find out about the evergreen school division for example uh oh hold on a second just now Breaking news. <laughs> there it is from craig um the bus driver just got word that uh Schools are closed today, buses canceled, and that is in the Evergreen school division. So there's the first one. So I expect we'll probably see a few more.
1: Well, and also uh, from one of our friends up in the Interlake, Ray in Toulon sent us a picture. He's getting ready to to make his way into the city and uh, picture uh, the gas station there and two big province of Manitoba plow trucks getting ready to hit the roads. I was out on the perimeter very early this morning, Brett. I thought I saw a highways vehicle, uh, but based on the evidence uh, that I witnessed and the lack of plowing that had happened on the interchange at 59 and the perimeter, I'm going to suspect that that piece of equipment was going elsewhere and was not a provincial uh, truck doing any work On the interchange there. So as of about 425 this morning, the on and off ramps at that interchange were pretty tricky and lots of snow packed sections on that north perimeter perimeter, at least in that northeast corner where I tend to go and take the temperature on mornings like this.
2: So if we get more cancellations, we'll pass them on. We're hoping to speak to Environment Canada just after 6.30. Uh, We will be joined by Global News morning reporter Corey Callahan after 6.30 as well, because he's out on the roads taking a look at what's happening. Uh, But we are, yeah, we're expecting conditions to deteriorate through the morning. Not quite as bad as it was forecast yesterday, for example. I can't remember when I took this screenshot. Hang on a second here. Let me just check the details. 5.14 p.m., I took a screenshot of the Weather Network app, and it was calling for uh, 9 a.m., wind out of the northwest at 57, gusting to 86 kilometers an hour, and then at 10 a.m., 58, gusting 87... But it's since calmed down, uh, and by, it's still not great. But hang on, let me just get the update here on that. Uh, so at 10 a.m., they're now saying 40 to 57. So still blustery, and that's uh, with the blowing snow uh, out, in the, out in the open. I would not want to be on a highway uh, during that.
1: Yeah, that's obviously going to be a big part of the challenge today, the open areas and the highways. So uh, whatever you're seeing, please let us know, 204 780 68 68 and another place Brett that's seeing a ton of snow it went from rain to freezing rain to snow is in Ottawa and of course we're going to go to Ottawa later on this morning to get the latest on what's happening with the protests there.
2: We can tell you that uh, this just came across our newswire. The House of Commons is not going to sit today to debate emergency measures that the government has brought in to deal with the protest just outside its doors that is entering its fourth week. A note from Speaker Anthony Roda says the sitting today is cancelled because of a, the police operation that is taking place by Parliament Hill and around other locations and uh, Ottawa's downtown core. And that note goes on to say that any, anyone not in the parliamentary precinct should stay away from the core until further notice. But uh, yeah, they started making arrests yesterday. They got a couple of the the organizers, Chris Barber and Tamara Leach, and a couple of random arrests here and there. Uh, But it looks like this police operation, you know, it's not. I wasn't entirely sure what to expect once they started making the arrests. Would this be a similar thing to what we saw in the Ambassador Bridge with the sort of the waves of police where they were, you know, walking? They were sort of like a dozen officers shoulder to shoulder pushing people back. But uh looks like they, it was strategic in some points and in others, they were just kind of grabbing the odd person here and there.
1: Yeah, Leach had uh, posted a, a video, I think it was late Thursday night, early Friday morning, sort of suggesting that she knew that uh, her arrest was coming. So you have to wonder if that was sort of you know, preordained if they had arranged that there's no confirmation, but, you know, it certainly uh, appeared as though from any video footage I've seen that it was uh, very peaceful. And and so with those two arrests, uh, we have lots of questions. Mike Armstrong joins us from Ottawa in just over an hour's time. And we will also get the latest with regards to what they're doing in Ottawa with regard to security around the parliament buildings And also they've closed off Ottawa police, OPP have closed off, off the expressways, uh, exits into downtown Ottawa as they're trying to limit more people coming in and joining the protesters who are hunkered down there. Question of the day at
2: CJOB.com, by the way, for credit aid, struggling with debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. And the question is, do you think it's appropriate to include people who donated to the trucker convoy in Ottawa in a lawsuit brought by residents impacted by the protest? And we had, uh, this one was overwhelming, 92% said no, 8% said yes. (laughs) At 7.35, the couch potatoes are going to assemble to tell you what is new at the movies this weekend. One of them is a movie called Uncharted, which stars Tom Holland, who's Spider-Man, and Mark Wahlberg. And that got GMAC thinking of what, Mr. Greg?
1: Well, it seems like a little bit of an odd on-air pairing, an odd odd on-air duo. I'd be interested to know if Tom Holland will be speaking American or the British accent that I just learned last week that he has. And so, yeah, it got me wondering about uh, your favorite on-screen duos. So, 204 780
2: Tell us about your favorite. Now, we're just doing movies or just
1: on-screen, period? So movies and TV. I think, what do you think? Should we should we open it up to the TV as well? I, I don't see why not, as long as you got a little bit of a good story attached to it. Without a story, you're not winning anyway. So if you, got, if you can justify it, yeah. Bring the TV stars too, and we've got
2: Randy Backman tickets up for grabs for so we'll pick a winner for that at nine fifteen. In the meantime, why don't we start with
4: Mr. Poitras? Ah, uh, well, you got to go with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Uh, I think most people might go the comedy route on this one, but come on, Raging Bull. I just saw that uh, for the first time a few weeks ago, and like it was freaking incredible uh goodfellas one of my all-time favorite movies one of the most quotable movies uh of all time as well and then you know casino is just great so many great scenes in that uh the irishman i'd include that if, if all the actors if they weren't all like in their late 70s playing like younger people which was a little you know odd at sometimes but i gotta go with robert de Niro and joe pesci they're, they're, those two are dynamite um especially with martin scorsese directing
2: Good call, good call. And yeah, the, the two of them together on screen, it's always electric, so that's... Uh, 100%. Well done, sir. What led you to watch Raging Bull for the first
4: time? Well, I was trying to, like, I'm trying to build a film repertoire, Brett. I'm <laughs> sure you can understand this as one of the couch potatoes. I'm sure Braun understands, too. I'm trying to build a a, a, a film literacy so that, like, I don't know, like, I, I I'm very, very interested in films and filmmaking and stuff like that, so it's no other reason than just to, like, Grow my knowledge of it. That's it.
2: Excellent. Well, fine choice, yeah. sir. Um, Producer Sky. What
4: about you?
1: Are we all not shocked he didn't say Frodo and Sam? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Are we? I'm in shock.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, I would. But
5: <gasps> what is going on? I got
4: called a, I got called a nerd last time. Did you, Who did would you do, have, do like, that? Some sort of like. Do you have like two special skin creams that go together very well this time around? Like a, oh, because you, you got a moisturizer, burn. and then you do the freckle. The, this gets rid of the freckles. Is that what's coming up here? Or what? Oh, I thought
1: it because it was a sick burn, but okay,
4: oh, never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Hurry up! We're all waiting. Well, now oh, I feel
6: love
1: bad. This marriage counseling on the air—it's perfect.
4: Well, mine sort
6: of has to do with that. I love
1: this pairing so much that I wanted it to be the basis of a. Surprise wedding lip dub. That was vetoed. So um, this is what I wanted to do. I I wanted to do Mike Wazowski and Sully in a lip dub, but that was vetoed from Monsters, Inc. What
2: do you mean it was vetoed? Well, it was vetoed as an idea.
4: It's the 10th year anniversary they were going to do this, so you ruined the surprise.
6: (laughs) Stay tuned.
2: That's a uh, Monsters Inc. Don't Man. you
4: dead me.
2: That movie is so much fun, Mackling. What about you,
1: uh, Sky? Were you successful in your quest for the uh, sound effect that I was yes. re- looking for? Let me just stop this nonsense. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't decide between two droids or a Wookiee and a human, and I went with a Wookiee and a human, Han Solo and Chewbacca. My favorite on-air combination. They are, for me, at least when I was a kid, for sure, they were the highlight of the Star Wars movies. And um, I'm going with them every single time to bring levity to an otherwise stressful situation.
2: You know what? That's another such a solid duo. There's that scene in Return of the Jedi uh where in any other movie it would be ridiculous that this guy is talking to this big hairy you know wookiee uh but Walking he says carpet yeah where he says oh, keep your distance yeah. chewie but don't 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 look like you're keeping your distance and then chewbacca barks something at him and he says i don't know fly casual and it's it, it <laughs> makes me laugh every single time because it's clear that the two of them get each other and everyone else is just looking at them like i got no idea what these What's going on with these two? But that is great. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. Your favorite on-screen duo and why. Like, if you can tell us a story for the chance to win the Randy Backman tickets, um, that will increase your chances. Randy Backman, by the way, playing Club Region Events Center. The greatest stories ever told April 28th and 29th. And we'll pick a winner at 9.15. And I'll just very quickly throw out there, uh, how about Tom and Jerry? I like Tom and Jerry and i'm looking at a list here actually of uh the 30 be- the 30 most iconic duos and number yeah. coming in at number 1 is tom and jerry. Tom
4: and Jerry? What? Really? I always like Bugs and Daffy are way better i think.
2: Bugs and Daffy, Wile E Coyote and the Road Runner. Yeah. Yeah. So there We're are there's names. a lot lots of fun to be had here so text us at 204-780-6868. Who do we have to thank for allowing us, affording us the opportunity to play the theme song for Beverly Hills 90210.
1: We thank Chris for his text message at 780-6868 on favorite on-screen duos, Dylan and Brandon from Beverly Hills 90210, also known as Luke Perry and Jason Priestley. Back in the early nineties, I was at the U of M and this guy looked exactly like Jason Priestley. Girls would go up to him and sit down, just introduce themselves. I was lucky I didn't have those problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Chris. <laughs> I didn't have those problems either, Chris. Other duos being mentioned, Brett, Fred, and Barney, Yogi, Yogi, and Boo Boo, and of course, Froghorn, Leghorn, and the Chicken Hawk.
4: Ah, shut up, shut up, shutting up already.
2: So keep those texts coming. Your favorite on-screen duos. For a chance to win some tickets for Randy Backman, and we'll pick a winner at 9.15. Heads up that at 7.50, we will get the latest from Ottawa. We'll check in with Global's Mike Armstrong as police began uh, arresting protesters yesterday. So we'll get the latest on that. And the couch potatoes assemble just after Global News at 7.30. I don't know about you, I can't speak for anybody else here, but I have been a bump on a log the last few weeks. I have been so lazy. You know, things in the world have been heavy. Winter has been hard. And I like getting out for my winter walks, but I just haven't been going for as many because uh, I just don't want to. But as we know, movement is energy. And now that capacity restrictions have been lifted in Manitoba, maybe it is now finally time to get back to the gym.
1: Well, let's find out if others are on the same mindset. Brad, Janine Coughlin is the group fitness manager at Shapes Fitness Centre. Good morning, Janine. Good morning. I know this is going to feel like an understatement perhaps, but safe to say the pandemic has been a bit of a challenge for the fitness industry and facilities like yours.
7: Yes, it definitely has. The the pandemic has definitely uh, caused us to have to pivot um, and, you know, in the beginning, when we were fully shut down, we uh, went to a full live stream mode where we weren't doing anything in person. Um, but now we've been back open uh, and serving members in person for quite some time. So like you were saying, the uh, weather is not working on or in our favor to go outside and do things. And so that's why it's all the more important to be able to come into the gym and work out in a climate-controlled situation, which, of course, year-round, um, we are often faced with either too cold or too windy or too snowy or too rainy or too icy or too humid or too hot. There's a million reasons year-round why it's nice to come into a facility and work out indoors.
2: How do things work now with with trainers? Like, if you get a personal trainer, that can be, you know, fairly close contact sort of situation. So did have you had to make adjustments in that front?
7: You know, I think when uh, members come into the gym, they're surprised to realize how much space there is between people, even when we're working at full occupancy. So when you're working with a trainer, um, you know, if a trainer was working in really close contact with you, they would be happy to wear a mask. But generally they can stay back six feet and still completely guide you through a workout. And as far as our group fitness situation, we have everybody uh, with you know proper spacing, and so that when people come in, they're often very surprised how safe they feel.
1: Janine, if if I'm starting a, a workout regimen and I've decided, okay, this is the way I'm going, what are some of the things I should do ahead of time, or maybe take into consideration before I either hit uh, the yoga class or, or, or hit the uh, barbells, so to speak?
7: Um, well, I think uh, one of the things that you have to start thinking about is what kind of movement you enjoy and what kind of movement your body needs. So there are a lot of things to think about. Uh, for example, your day job. Does it have a lot of sitting? Does it require a lot of, of certain movements that maybe you want to come into the gym and you want to do something that balances those things out? So if you had a job that requires a lot of sitting, then you might want something that that really takes you out of that and gives you a lot of cardio, a lot of strength. On the other hand, if you have something that's a more physical job, then maybe you want to go straight into things that give you more flexibility like yoga. So really considering what are your needs and what are your interests. And the great thing about shapes is we offer all of those things under one roof.
2: Have you seen any immediate increase in traffic since the public health orders changed this week and capacity limits dropped?
7: You know, it's been a slow trickle. Um, It's really been a process because um, the pandemic isn't really over just because the mandate's change and the government says, there, everybody go back to normal. It's really a process of getting people to come back to their routine, to feel safe, to come in, to check it out. And so it's been sort of a slow and steady trickle as we've seen people start to come out of their home, um, coming off of the live stream, which was offering them the opportunity to stay home and do the, the fitness program, and then find their way back into the club where they can be motivated by the group of people around them. So it's been sort of a slow and steady progression.
1: Janine Janine, Coghwin. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brett. No, you go ahead, Greg. I just was going to ask you real quick, Janine, where can we uh, go to find out the different services at the different locations? What's the best place to hit up?
7: Well, you can drop in at any of our locations. We have six locations around the city. You could call us um make an appointment and, and figure out what is your best time and place to come in and speak with one of our membership consultants. And you can also find us on our website at shapes.ca.
2: Janine Coughlin, Group Fitness Manager at Shapes Fitness Center, joining us live on six eighty CJOB. Janine, thank you very much for this. We appreciate this.
7: Well thank you.
2: It is Friday, just after 7.30. Usually that means uh, producer Jeff Fortier plays some awful music. Um, Sky, do you want to take a shot at it, or what do you think? Okay, let's see what Sky's going to do for us here. Oh.
7: No, she's just as lousy
1: at this as uh, Jeff Fortier.
7: Except
1: Fortier's been practicing for, what, four years now? (laughs) Yeah. Just fades, yeah, just fades away.
2: I
6: chose the trumpet so I could toot my own horn.
2: Oh, you know, Loren isn't here to appreciate
6: that.
0: (laughs) But good for you, (laughs) Skag. Hi, Jeff Braun. Hello. I think she's better than Forte. actually. That that was uh, less painful on my ears.
2: That's fair. That's fair. And the clever pun at the end. So we've got, uh, well... Before we get into the movies, uh, I know you've been super busy this morning working on the weather stuff. But uh, as far as on-screen duos go, JB, anything jump to mind for you?
0: Uh, you know what? How about let's go Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson in Die Hard with a Vengeance. I was I was thinking of that for some reason about 10 minutes ago. I can't remember why I was thinking about it. But uh, they make a great on-screen duo in that movie. That's one of the best action movies of all time for my money. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good call. It gets,
2: I, I, and I never would have thought of die, a diehard movie because I always thought of him as a lone wolf. But I, I always forget about that one. I really need to go back and watch that again. Who was the bad guy in that? Was it Jeremy Irons?
0: Yes, and it's weird because he only shows up halfway through the movie. It's one of those kind of deals where, it, like, you spend the first hour, nobody knows what's going on except that stuff is blowing up and somebody's messing with McClane. Okay, so... Uh, We're going to tell you what's new at the movies. This first one is what inspired our topic for today, your favorite on screen duo. What do we got, Jeff? Yeah, new in theaters. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg team up for Uncharted.
6: It's the biggest treasure that's never
0: been found. Five billion, easy. On February 18th, my family has been looking for this project for a very long time. So much blood. Based on a series of video games about treasure hunting, Holland plays Nathan Drake, who's recruited by Wahlberg's Victor Sully Sullivan. There's some great uh, video game names there to recover a $5 billion fortune, and they get in all sorts of adventures and misadventures along the way. Oh my God! I shouldn't have come out to play with a big boy's ween, because you're about to get a proper Scottish
6: welcome. What?
0: <laughs> That's a good clip. Uh, Antonio Banderas plays the bad guy who's also after the treasure. It looks fun, but movies based on video games are usually pretty bad, and this one appears to be no no good either. It's getting more bad reviews than good.
2: Yeah, and by the, I, I, I guess we should also point out that if uh, Wahlberg's character is named after Christian's cat, Greg
1: Christian O'Mel. <laughs> That's right. Isn't and we were talking about Monsters Inc earlier. Isn't that Sully? Sullivan in Monsters, Inc., isn't Sully, isn't that his, where that originates from well, yeah, If you're yeah.
0: naming a movie character Sully at this point, it's like, you know, maybe take five minutes and come up with something a little more original. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a hockey player gave him that nickname. You know what it might be? I know, uh, I read years ago an interview with Woody Allen said he named all his characters based on what words are easiest to type. Really? No. Yeah. He's like, if I got to write it a five hundred times in a screenplay, I might as well make it something that's uh, easy on the fingers. Interesting. <laughs> that's practical and pragmatic. And uh, I know. and when, as far as
2: hockey names go, Greg, it's either the, you add add er to the name, like, yes. or, or e, right? Like, yeah. hey, uh, Greggy or Gregor, uh,
1: Macker or Mackie. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bronner. And I know Jeff hates that. Uh, I hate uh, it. <laughs> M- McGarry, you'd be tough though. Like uh, the guys with the Y on the end already, like McGarry EE doesn't work. <laughs> M- or McGarrier. <laughs> just doesn't work.
0: Exactly. That's when you just go with Brett Megs or something like that.
2: Yeah, B Meggs. Uh, one of my B-Megs. buddies calls me uh, B Mega. I don't mind that too much. How about
1: Bretsky? We could go with that.
2: Bretzky works? uh,
1: That'd be a good hockey nickname for you,
2: Bretsky. Or don't forget Brettella. That's what my mom used to call me whenever I would cry uh, when I was a little kid. Thanks, Mom. Miss you. Um, Also also new this week uh, Channing Tatum returns from a four year break from Hollywood As the star and first time director of a movie called Dog And you know I'm just looking at the clock here We gotta move So I'm just gonna quickly tell you that uh, Dog is a buddy road trip Pairs up two former army rangers Tatum's character Briggs and the dog Lulu, uh, Belgian Malinois. This was in the trailer. This is fun. In theaters everywhere, February eighteenth.
4: Don't worry, the dog doesn't die. Rated PG (laughs) thirteen. That's good (laughs) to know. Everybody wants to know, please don't kill the dog.
2: And uh, I'll just tell you that The Cursed is another movie. It's a werewolf movie set in 19th century France, and it looks super creepy. I had no idea this movie was coming, but it looks pretty cool. Jeff Braun, we got to go. Thank you very much, sir. You betcha. Jeff is the co-host of The Couch Potatoes, which airs Saturdays at noon, Sundays at 6 on CJOB. The show can also be listened to in podcast form, and that is available now at cjob.com or wherever you find podcasts. Hackling and McGarry, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Tamara Leach, a top organizer for the so-called Freedom Convoy, blockades in Ottawa's downtown core, has been arrested in addition to several other arrests last evening. Convoy spokesperson Dagny Pollack confirmed the arrest to Global News, calling it a dark moment in Canadian history and a, quote, disgrace to any liberal democracy, although not a surprise.
1: National correspondent Mike Armstrong joins us now from Ottawa. Uh, Mike, good morning. You're in the Bureau in downtown Ottawa right now between the storm and the crowd. Uh, You know, that's what's going on outside. I'm uh, taking a look here on one of the major news channels. It does not look very warm and I see lots of police.
3: Yeah, no, it's quite cool. Uh, And I will say blue skies as opposed to last night when it was a a fairly uh, thick snowstorm. Uh, but if I look outside from the perch where I am, and I can see quite a few trucks, there is one less truck than there was yesterday. Honestly, we've seen one protester leave, I think. Uh, uh, that was a big 18-wheeler that pulled out about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, uh, a gentleman who was nervous about losing his insurance, and it uh, had actually protesters around him trying to get him to stay. But other than that, all of the trucks that I could see yesterday at this time are still here today. And as I look further east, I can't quite see it, but there's an area near the University of Ottawa, which would sort of be the eastern flank where there are arrests this morning. And I guess you would almost, those are sort of more uh, active arrests, if I can put it that way, Uh, officers in helmets, uh, things like that. We're even uh, hearing that uh, there are officers with weapons drawn. That's not something we've seen in recent days. What we've seen in recent days are police officers in, in yellow jackets, usually walking in groups of 10, 15, and, and they'll make their way into the crowd to hand out pamphlets saying you're going to be arrested or this is how you, how to pick up your towed truck once it's taken away, things like that. Uh, but we haven't really seen sort of riot police or anything like that. The arrests that are happening this morning feel a little like uh, attacking the end of a loaf of bread and trying to sort of slice off the, uh, the, the outside, uh, making your way to the middle. But there is a, a great, there's a lot of bread left, I'll put it that way.
2: And the checkpoints that they're setting up around Ottawa to try to prevent more uh, people from coming in this weekend, what impact are those checkpoints going to have? Huge.
3: Uh, Two main impacts. I'll I'll put it, well, three main impacts. One is on the people who live here, uh, and it is quite difficult to get around. Um, That's the first point. But the, the goal of the checkpoints is to cut off the downtown core so sort of if you think about parliament hill as the the top of the uh, of ottawa uh, it's basically a few blocks to the east a few blocks to the west all the way down to the highway so 1.5 kilometers by about 1.5 kilometers but those hundred checkpoints are not in that area they're in that area and in the neighborhoods around it so it does cause a, a great deal more uh not confusion but congestion i'll put it that way um, and so they're, they're letting you in if you work or you live in this area, but they're not letting protesters in. So that, that, the second part of sort of the equation, what they're trying to do, is to keep protesters from coming in uh, this weekend, from, from the numbers swelling here on Parliament Hill, as they have the last three weekends. Um, the other thing that they're doing is choking off access to this area from the protest camps, there's one in Gatineau, there's one in Coventry Road, about three kilometres from downtown. There are a couple outside, uh, about 30 kilometres outside the city in private land, uh, and what they do is people can drive to those lots, have breakfast, uh, a free breakfast, and hop in a shuttle and be brought downtown. That's no longer possible now. They're keeping people outside the downtown core. So there's also a big message in this, in, in cutting off the downtown core. It's just, just don't come. If you were thinking about driving in from... Montreal Toronto Hamilton Peterborough whatever there's no reason to drive to Ottawa this weekend
1: Tamara leach and Chris Barber real quick before we let you run here Mike what charges are those leaders uh, facing
3: uh, I think uh, counseling uh, to commit mischief in the case of uh, Tamara leach and uh, uh, obstruction and counseling to commit obstruction on the case of uh, in the case of mr. Barber uh, I would say that uh, the other thing that those arrests have done is probably destabilize the leadership if you're one of the people that sort of sat to their their left or their right or stood behind them in those press conferences you're probably looking over your shoulder this morning
2: global national correspondent mike armstrong joining us from ottawa thank you very much mike we appreciate this
3: Always
2: a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, question of the day at cjob.com for credit aid, struggling with debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. We asked a couple of questions yesterday, uh, one relating to the Emergencies Act, and we had extraordinary uh, traffic, thousands of votes, uh, way more than usual, and we just want to say thank you for the interaction on that. That's a lot of traffic for cjob.com, and we appreciate that. And you can cast your vote at cjob.com on our new question that has to do with the weather. It's for credit aid, struggling with debt. Call 204-987-6890. Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. Hey, by the way, uh, we have been giving away tickets for the Foo Fighters this week. And you maybe were wondering, well, where are the Foo Fighters tickets? I haven't mentioned them yet. We've already set them aside, and we're going to explain why in our next segment. Um, It had to do with uh, the topic we discussed yesterday, and we just wanted to revisit that for a few moments. But we do have Randy Backman tickets to give away. The Greatest Stories Ever Told, Club Region Event Center, is playing April 28th and 29th. Whoa
1: okay? Sorry, egg? Brett. Yeah, sorry, Brett. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make a subtle sound <laughs> to, just so I could jump in and remind people that we had Randy Backman on the program. Was it Wednesday morning at 9.35? And I would suspect that that is in the audio vault or, and or on our podcast. We had a ton of fun with Randy Backman, and he gave us a great uh, insight into what that show will look like on the 28th and the 29th.
2: Yeah, and um, we're giving away tickets for that coming up at 9.15 based on your text messages on your favorite on-screen duo because there's a new movie out this weekend, Uncharted, starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. That's a rather interesting duo. And we have had a lot of people talking about Lethal
4: Weapon. You have the right to remain unconscious. Anything you say ain't going to be much. Diplomatic community <laughs> it's just it's been a- revoked.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's been revoked. And and Danny Glover gets that thing with his Net going after just before it's been revoked. I cannot pass those Lethal Weapon movies, especially one and two. Three's good too, but one and two are my favorite. I cannot pass them if they're on the rewind or any of these movie channels. I'll watch them even with commercials. Brett, they're That's excellent much I Like those Lethal Weapon movies. Keep
2: those texts coming. 204-780-6868. We'll pick a winner just after 9.15. Now, for this next segment, let's combine two things that are super fun. Reading and
1: fainting goats. <laughs> As we continue I Love to Read Month. We've got a book here called Cindy and Krista Bell's Big Scare, which tackles the subject of childhood anxiety disorders with the story of two miniature fainting goats on Lil Steps Wellness Farm, author Lucy Sloan hopes this book helps children and adults learn more about managing worries and fears, Brett. Lucy Sloan is a registered
2: professional counsellor and an animal-assisted counsellor and director of Lil Steps Wellness Farm in uh, It's in St. Malo, right?
5: Yes, yeah, same all
2: Manitoba. (laughs) Well, good morning to you, Lucy. Thank you very much for joining us. And I'm just flipping through this book now. The, The artwork is wonderful. It's a wonderful story. Before we talk about the book, though, tell us about Lil Step's Wellness Farm.
5: Yeah, so um, Little Stocks Wellness Farm is a place where we do animal-assisted therapy with uh, kids and teens. Um, we do kind of a whole bunch of different things, all the way from individual work with kids and teens to uh, we even have day camps in the summer where we learn uh, different skills in um, workshops and lots of different things. We even do a program in the schools as well called the Be and me program based on the storybook.
1: There's all sorts of different ways these days to, to get in touch with, with who we are and to help our kids do that as well. Lucy, talk a little bit, if you would, how, how does animal assisted counseling help kids? One of my boys, you know, we've got two dogs in our house. He loves cats, he loves horses and he deals with a, you know, sometimes a little bit of anxiety and when things are, Mm -hmm. you know, the walls are closing in, I always catch him. I need one of my dogs.
5: Yes, and you know what? That was me when I was a little girl too. I was always there with my dog, Patches, and we would, you know, I'd be cuddling with her and getting some comfort. Um, It's interesting because even down to just the chemicals that are released in our brain, being around animals, research shows that it releases those hormones that help us, um, you know, get rid of stress. So it's a great thing in so many ways, just being around an animal, petting an animal. Um, But when we're when we do kind of more animal assisted counseling and therapy. Um, what we do is we kind of connect the children's stories with what's happening with the animals as well. And they're able to connect and understand their own stories better. So, um, you know, as an example, I have many different animals on my farm and uh, they all have their different personalities. They're there's strengths, but also there's things that are maybe need to be worked on. So when you're sharing that with children, they're able to connect with that and say, oh, yeah, you know, I also experienced that. I get grumpy, too. And so you can kind of explore more in an indirect way as opposed to this kind of typical talk therapy. So, yeah, it's really interesting. It's
2: an awesome job. Now your media release that came with this book starts with while the world continues to pivot in a way we've never experienced in our lifetime. One thing remains certain escaping to the wonderful world of storybooks is a very powerful tool. Why do you think storybooks are a powerful tool?
5: Well, I think in so many ways, I mean, stories are just like, it's a healthy distraction for us sometimes to be able to, um, you know, get into a good story and feel good or kind of escape a little bit from, you know, the day-to-day stresses that are going on. But it's also a wonderful learning tool. It's also a great way to kind of learn different things. And we know, you know, specifically around mental health, the more we understand mental health, the less likely we are to develop it in being a problem or disorder down the road. So there's, you know, many different angles to it, but uh, I, I love personally just a really good book too.
1: Oh, no question. And those stories, the best stories, the best books uh, that I've read to my kids over the years are the ones that, you know, maybe have a little bit of a secret story for the parents or yeah. appeal to the parents on some level. But with regards to parents and kids, Lucy, I, when we we talk about this generation of kids that we're bringing up now they might be the first generation Mm -hmm. to bring to be brought up with their parents having the knowledge uh what anxiety is what mental illness is uh that have that have overcome the stigma of that so that there's a benefit there isn't there
5: Mm hmm. There's a huge benefit is that is that um, and I mean, when we look at anxiety specifically, the more the parent and caregiver understands it and can actually regulate their own brain, the better they can actually help their child. So um, it's it's a really important piece that when we work, especially with mental health difficulties, that the parents understand the same language and what's going on as well. And I think they, they can help their child much, much better in that way, too.
2: Lucy, where can we get this book if somebody wants to get their hands on Cindy and Christabel's Big Scare?
5: Yeah, so it's actually available on my website. Um, it's uh, lilstepswellnessfarm.net. Um, yeah, and so you can get it there. And <laughs>
2: yeah, It's a wonderful book. Uh, thank you for sending it to us. And thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate the visit.
5: Oh, thank you for having me.
2: Lucy Sloan joining us live on 680 CJOB. She's a registered professional counselor and animal-assisted counselor, director of Lil Steps Wellness Farm in St. Malo, and the author of Cindy and Christabel's Big Scare. <music> Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off. We've got the sounds of the game coming up in four minutes' time. want to tell you where the Foo Fighters tickets have gone, but before that, a uh, great traffic text, Greg, from Donnie.
1: I'm on Highway 201 leaving Vita. Visibility is awful. The wind is throwing me all over. White knuckle ride. But Donnie says, I just pretend I'm on a plane to Jamaica. The wind is turbulence. The white out is clouds. Red stripe and jerk chicken waiting for me. Puts a big smile on my face. That's how we cope in Manitoba when it's wintry, windy, and the road conditions make you want to be anywhere else.
2: Thank you for that, Donnie. And uh, as we've been telling you this week, we've been giving away tickets for Foo Fighters. They're playing September 21st at Canada Life Centre. And uh, we also have tickets for Randy Backman, and we're giving away another pair of those uh, just after 9.15. But um, yesterday, we... I I can't remember. I should have had this handy. I can't remember the name of the person who won those tickets. Um, Producer Sky, if you could help me out with that, that'd be great. But uh, one of the texts that we got, um, because what we do is we, we ask you to send us our text messages, your texts, and then we pick a winning story. And we loved the story that we got yesterday. But this one, we didn't actually even have a chance to read it on air. And it just it, it kind of stuck with us after the show, and uh, we want to share this because it had, we were talking yesterday about the unique ways that the ones we love um, remind us that they're still with us. And Clint says, firstly, I am 42 and a happily married man for 13 years with two beautiful daughters, so I have a happy ending. But when I was 18, I met the first love of my life. She was a year younger. And we were inseparable. Definitely true love. One year later, her mom passed from a heart condition that was supposedly not hereditary. One year after that, we were out celebrating her friend's birthday at a nightclub, and she was sitting across from me at a table, looked at me, and then her eyes glazed over, and she fell over. It was the worst night of my life, and I had many bouts of alcoholism after that. She passed that night. And now we, now I love to watch all those coming of age movies of that time. And still to this day, I get emotional when watching those types of movies. Uh, but the piece of her spirit that I keep with me will keep her memory alive. And then Clint went on to add that um, he appreciates the time when we talk about things like this, because in regular life, Friends move on, things change. Most people don't really want to hear the same story over and over again. Uh, so he doesn't really talk about it all that much, and it just gave him an outlet to do that. And, uh, Clint, we just wanted to say thank you for sharing this story. So we we well, we all, well we all talked about it after and thought, we got the power to give him the, the tickets. So Clint is go- got our last pair of Foo Fighters tickets. Uh, So thank you for that, Clint. And as far as the bar is concerned, and I think one of the reasons why it stuck with me, Greg, is I'm only two years older than Clint. So it's entirely possible I crossed paths with him at the bar. He says it was uh, scandals or it might've been, this was in 2000. So it might've been the beach at that point when Canadians flipped all those bars. But uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of time at that bar. So it just, yeah, it kind of hit home for me.
1: Yeah. Listen, uh, our listeners are our family or they're our radio family. And some people might, find that hilarious or trivial. No, we mean it wholeheartedly. We have created some genuine relationships with many of our listeners over the years. Uh, Brett has been incredibly open about the things that he deals with. I like to think Loren and I do the same thing with certain circumstances and, and share where we've been and, and the emotional and the, and the personal side of of our lives. And if that gives, you know, the old saying, Brett, you know, if you reach just one person with your story, it's worth telling it. And and I'm a big believer in that. And if the mornings when we share about the times we, we thought about taking our own lives or the time that we weren't strong enough to, to deal with the situation and we're open and honest about that. And if it inspires just one person, or inspires one person to to share their story about dealing with the same thing, then then we've we've done our jobs, and and it's bigger than our jobs because this is this is a gift, this is a privilege to be here every morning with you. So, Clint, thank you for reminding us of that.
2: Mackling McGarry McNabb is off today can tell you that the wind still picking up slightly at the airport. North-northwest, 29 kilometers an hour. Mackling, it's Friday, just after 9 o'clock. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> it's our weekly Gab with Gabby, host of Global News Mornings on CKND Television, Channel 9, Cable 12. And what's hilarious is I just phoned Gabby about three minutes ago. It had to do with something one of our listeners texted to us, sort of a news tip, not even thinking that I would be speaking to her on the air in in mere moments. Yeah, so I'm, good morning, Gabby.
6: Good morning. I'm on the phone, Brett, walking over to the little studio here. I'm on the phone with Mackling, and he's like, see you later, referring to the fact that sometimes we all go to the King's Head for lunch. And I'm like, yeah, I will talk to you in a minute and a half. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's just an example of, you. you know, where our brains get to on these frantic days, so... Great to be with you. Great to have us with you, Gabby.
6: Oh, I love chatting with you guys. Happy Friday.
1: If
2: you've never tuned in for this segment, it's sort of a week, like a recap of the fun things we discuss throughout the week. And one of the things it was actually uh, Lorraine who inspired this topic the small things, the inconsequential things that lead to big disappointment, like when Lorraine woke up thinking it was Wednesday and realized it was Tuesday.
6: That is every week. I cannot tell you how much I loathe loathe tuesdays consistently a terrible day brett our producer nelly we looked at each other on tuesday and i said is it only tuesday like we've only worked one full work day at this point tuesdays to me consistently feel like it should be wednesday or thursday i i can't think of a good tuesday i'm not trying to actually you know what i kind of did have a good tuesday this week never mind. but generally <laughs> <laughs> i had fun tuesday evening but generally tuesdays are terrible they feel so long Monday, you're coming off Sunday. You're like, okay, this isn't the best, but hey, I just came off a weekend. Wednesday, hump day, we can see the end. Thursday, Friday junior, makes you think of junior chickens. We're almost at Friday. Then Friday is the weekend. Tuesday, name me one redeemable thing about it. I'm sorry, this was such a rant.
1: No, no, that was great. Amy, Amy Ellen, uh, one of our colleagues at, at television, I think she calls Tuesday second Monday.
6: Oh, yuck. Yeah, no kidding. Like, helpings yeah. you don't want, leftovers. Ugh.
2: But we're, we're just glad to hear another voice join our chorus, so to speak, of uh, voices who hate Tuesdays. We all hate Tuesdays. Uh, the the only good thing that there ever was about Tuesday was uh, cheap movie night. <gasps> I don't know if they still do that even. Um, but, yeah, it used to be like, and I'm, I'm going back to like the 90s, but it was like, what, five bucks, Greg, to go see a movie, I think? Yeah, five bucks
1: Tuesdays or something like that. Yeah, half price for sure. So, yeah, that was, but that was a real Winnipeg thing, wasn't it? I don't think they did it in other markets.
2: And uh, of course, uh, for those who remember, Buffalo Bills. Saloon in Transcona? Oh,
6: no. Ooh, that sounds fun. What happened What there? happened
1: there on Tuesdays, Brad? Oh, it was shots, just, it was shots, their big shots. night.
2: It was their big night. Oh, People, okay. It was like the busiest bar in Winnipeg on Tuesday nights. So, yeah, lots of fun to have there.
6: Taco Time still does cheap tacos. Taco Tuesday is a thing that I partake in often. So, there's that as well.
2: <laughs> Taco Time's good. I, I actually haven't had to fast food tacos in a while. Uh, okay. So, that we've covered Tuesday and why you hate that. Um, We had stuff that you got, that you get, or once got excited to receive in the mail.
6: Yeah, you know what? I would get so excited to get a card. Both, all my grandparents lived out east, uh, Toronto and Montreal, so didn't get to really see my grandma as much. And my Nana, bless her, she was so sweet. And she would send us cards for pretty much every occasion, and there was always money in them consistently. There was usually a check, actually. And as a child, getting a check, maybe not as exciting as cash, but you're like, this is going towards some toys. And uh, I'd get so jazzed to see her beautiful cards. They were always sparkly and they'd say granddaughter on them. And uh, I remember that was always so exciting. And now as an adult, I get excited for fast food coupons because who wouldn't?
1: Okay, we got to go back to these cards because I, I need to know the frequency and like the amount of these checks. You've you've got me curious.
6: She was uh, very Catholic. So definitely uh, Christmas, Easter, our birthdays. And she was incredible. Like she has a number of grandchildren, but she knew all our birthdays and she would make sure the card arrived before your birthday. Never of course. did you get a card after Christmas or your birthday. No, no. And she was extremely generous, too. I mean, she lived in a pretty modest apartment. I think she spent all her money on her grandkids because she'd send us, I think it was $50 at Christmas when we were little. Nice. This was early 90s. Nice. And 100 bucks at our birthdays. Ooh. Right? Oh, wow. Granny. Yeah, Love she's it. doling out the cash.
2: Excellent. are lucky kids. And another thing we, which we just revisited last half hour, the unique ways that the people we miss remind us that they're still with us.
6: Yeah, and Greg, I think you probably, I know you shared the moment with your mom, and that's so beautiful. Greg told me about that on the phone the other day. Um you know, my my grandpa both my grandfathers died when I was really young. I didn't really know them. I can't remember meeting them, that's for sure. But my dad's dad had huskies and he lived for those dogs. We ended up having huskies later on in life. I didn't know they had dogs, and when I was a little kid, I woke up one day, probably very jarring for my parents. I probably looked possessed with my crazy blonde curls all over the place, and I came in and I said to them, I think I was 4 or 5, I said I had a A dream about grandpa and my dad was like what I was like yeah I had a dream about your dad and he wants you to know that he's with his dogs (sighs) and my dad was really moved by that I didn't really understand the significance at the time but for him I think it was something that was sort of comforting I think those moments are so comforting right you miss the people you love when they pass away and it's nice to think that they're still with you
2: Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off today. We have tickets for Randy Backman. April 28th, 29th, Club Region Event Center. We got a pair of tickets for one of those shows, and we're asking you about your favorite on-screen duos. The topic was inspired by the new movie Uncharted, which stars Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. And this is one of those topics where, like, I kind of struggle when... To think of multiple examples because I all the information is rattling around in my brain, but I have so much useless crap in my brain that I have a hard time retrieving the information. Right, like my the it's like my I, the computer runs slowly sometimes. Uh, so it's cool when we ask our listeners uh, because we just get flooded. Like Johnny says. <laughs> Kermit and Miss Piggy, Bert and Ernie, Oscar the Grouch and Wormy, uh, Dumb and Dumber. How about Rocky and Bullwinkle or Yogi and Boo Boo? Uh, So the list goes on. Uh, We had lots of people saying uh, Lethal Weapon. We had, uh, as in Riggs and Murtaugh, we had uh, Lee who said Statler and Waldorf. Um, And uh, the Earl of Eli, G-Mac had a good one.
1: Yes, the Earl of Eli, uh, Bridesmaid again. Uh, now I will admit, I've never seen any of these two, uh, two. I've never seen any of these
2: twos earlier work.
1: They're okay, thank you. But Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau in the Grumpy Old Men series Had Me in Stitches, there are many other great comedy duos of the modern era. Cheech and Chong, Spade and Farley. Oh, good one. Farrell and Riley. But Lemmon and Matthau brought the humor to the big screen. I could watch with my parents and my kids, although there was some a little explaining some of the stuff on the bloopers at the end of the movies. Even this morning as I write this, I'm watching some YouTube clips and laughing out loud best small screen duos hands down is rick and aj simon oh yes simon and simon uh my favorite tv show and as far as i'm concerned the best musical intro happy friday boys earl of eli dan thank you friend
2: kirsten weighed in as well saying neo and trinity so of course i was like yeah the matrix Right on. Anything to do with the Matrix makes me smile. Um, but I think our winner has to do with American Graffiti, G Mac. Uh,
1: yep. Yeah. Rod says Paul Lamatt and, and Mackenzie Phillips as John Milner and Carol. And of course, I had to go on to the IMDb. What was Carol's last name? Not in the credits, just Carol. American Graffiti. Watch this movie at least 50 times. Without this movie by George Lucas, he never would have been able to secure the money or have the reputation to make his next movie, which was Star Wars. This movie and BTO hit big around the same time, uh, the same era. And anytime I want to get away from today's craziness, I can watch this movie or listen to classic Canadian rock outstanding mm-hmm. submission today Rod congratulations you are our winner and so uh,
2: and an excellent nugget of wisdom in there he's right without american graffiti there's no star wars and my gosh i can't even imagine i and i know that not everyone has seen the Star Wars movies. I don't, I, know that, I don't think Loren has seen any of them. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but she's definitely not into that stuff. But I, that's my entire childhood is Star Wars. And and a huge ch- bulk of my life, i it's something that I go back to all the time. Uh, so to think if there was no American graffiti, there might have never been Star Wars. And, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be sad about something that never existed, but...
1: <laughs> Good point. But your life would
2: be different. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine it'd be a little bit more boring so rod that's awesome bud enjoy the show hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think